Hello and welcome to Retrospection. It's a podcast where we take a look at an old movie or TV show, chew it up, swallow it down, and see if it comes out smelling of roses. Ooh. I'm Paul, and another day, another dollar. And I'm Colin, and there's no phone ringing, damn it. There's no phone ringing. Oh, my God, it's almost dark. They'll be waking up soon. <laughs> you know, I, I almost did that one as well. <laughs> did you? <laughs> It's very good though. You delivered it well. Hey, I like the whole the whole exposition of the film in that one line. <laughs> <laughs> Just tells you what's going to happen, so you know. And that's all you need. Yeah, it is. So speaking of of, of which, mm. on this episode we'll be taking a look at the Omega Man from 1971, directed by Boris Siegel. Ah, good old Boris. Yeah, yeah. What what's he done? I have no idea. You didn't look it up. No, not my job this week. Up. Do I have to do everything? Oh, you do it when it's your turn. (laughs) (laughs) I should have read the fine print, shouldn't I, really? You should, yeah. So the Omega Man is based on the novel I Am Legend that was written by Richard Matheson, and it's actually one of my um, all-time favourite novels, actually. Oh, you read? Yeah, occasionally. You know, it's quite a thin book, so it's it's not too bad, really. What do you think of the other film version of this? Not not the recent well, one, the the earlier one. Well, as I, as I was about to say, oh. <laughs> <laughs> the story has been filmed quite a few times. Um, most notably, probably the 1964 version starring um, Vincent Price called Last Man on Earth, mm-hmm. uh, which I actually quite like. It's, it's a very different film to this, though, isn't it? It's quite slow. Yes, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I like it too. But, yeah, I like it. And the terrible, terrible, terrible... 2007 um, Will Smith fiasco. Yeah, don't like that one. No, I don't like that one either. Uh, So, (laughs) so the movie made, um, well, actually the movie cost nine million to make and it made nine million back. Oh, that's a fair exchange. It is. You lost uh, nothing, you gained nothing. Beautiful. That's pretty much how we live, really, isn't it? It is, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You make a man, it's our life. It is, it is, in a lot of ways. Uh, so the film stars uh, Charlton Heston as Neville. That's a great name. That's a leading hero's name, isn't it, Neville? I know. <laughs> uh, Anthony Zerby as Matthias. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a Bond connection, obviously. Yes, obviously. Mm-hmm. Shall we go in? Shall we, shall we explain it or leave it hanging? Oh, you can, I haven't got a clue. <laughs> you just go with me on this one, <laughs> you, Absolutely. I'm assuming you know what you're talking about. Well, Anthony Zerby played uh, one of the bad guys in Licence to Kill. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rosalind Cash as Lisa. Paul Coslow as Dutch. Eric Lanouville as Richie. Oh, you really went for a run of that name. I did. I went for a go. I thought, I'm going to try it, see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> could, could come out bad, you know, but you've got to go for it. <clears throat> no, just glide over it. Nobody noticed. That's right. And Lincoln Kilpatrick as Zachary. And the story, according to uh, IMDb, which I've taken this from, and it's a cracking synopsis, this. Mm. It it states, an army doctor, Robert Neville, struggles to create a cure for the plague that has wiped out the human race. And? That's it. Oh. That's all you get. I'm not sure that's the film I watched. Neither am I. Okay. (laughs) So shall we hear the trailer? Oh, yeah, let's go for it.
no phone ringing, damn it! The last man on Earth lives in a fortress. What day is it anyway? Monday? The hell it is, it's Sunday. Sunday I always dress for dinner. Discovered check. How does that grab you, Caesar? The last man on Earth always carries an automatic weapon. The last man on Earth is hunting. Because the last man on Earth is not alone. Right up against the wall, you mother. Every major event in the movie happens in the trailer. So it tells you all you need to know then. It does indeed. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> I wonder whether you'd go there. I, I tried to lead you, but you went on your own accord and it yep. was great. <laughs> so, shall we just crack on with the. Uh... I've got lots of um, little bits and pieces that we can talk about, but I oh. thought I'll just drop them in this time. Oh, all right. Oh, breaking the uh, mold that we've mm-hmm. set for 30 blah, blah, blah episodes. Okay. Yeah, I'm just I'm just playing with it, playing right, with it, you know. Right, right, go ahead, go for it. Unless you, unless you've got something you'd like to say about the movie. I have nothing. <laughs> <laughs> right, close it up. <laughs> so, let's go. Okay, so we open with a red convertible driving down a deserted city street. There's debris and junk everywhere. And does it look familiar? This place. Yeah, it does. Uh, can't remember the name exactly, but it used to be a coal mining town. <laughs> Famous for pies. Famous for pies, yes. Famous but pies. you say deserted, but there are cars in the distance. There are, but you don't look too closely. Oh, okay. All right. And it's Neville. Or Robert. What's his name? Robert Neville, isn't it? Yeah. I guess yep. we'll... Dr. Neville? I don't know. Dr. Neville. We'll doesn't, just call him Neville. doesn't get any tougher if you say Dr. Neville. Not really. And I like Neville, so we'll go with Neville. Okay. And it's Neville, and it's played by, he's played by Char- uh, Charlton Heston. Mm-hmm. And he's wearing a cracking cream safari jacket, isn't he? 
It is, yeah. It's very uh, Bondish. Like it. It is. It is very Bondish and very seventies. And he's got some nice uh, Ray Bans on as well. Mm-hmm. He's happily driving along as he puts in an eight track, and some smooth jazz begins to play, doesn't it? Yeah, because up to this point, there's been no music, which is it's interesting because it you know lets you feel how empty the place is. Yeah, it's a very cold open, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, talking about the music, here's our Doctor Who connection. I didn't know there was one. You're full there of surprises is. today. I know, I know. I've done the work. Um, one of us one of us had to, didn't they? Uh, the music's by Ron Grainer. Ah. Who is? Who is a guy who wrote music for Doctor Who. Very good. And many other BBC That's TV. very patronising. <laughs> Is it really? I wouldn't. I wouldn't see. This is I, the, the shoes on the other foot now, isn't it? You see, you give me the power, yeah, and it's gone straight to your head. It has. It has. And I'm going to use it. Ah, normal service next time. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that at the end. But we're going to be uh, oh, doing yeah. something different next time, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, that's true. But back to the Omega Man. Yep. Uh, we get a wide shot of the car going down the streets, and it's completely deserted, and it's not a soul around. Uh, and he's smiling to himself, just chilling, and he's he's taking these corners pretty sharpish, though, isn't he? Yeah, he's a little curless, considering there's nothing chasing him, there's no other traffic. Wouldn't you let rip though? Wouldn't if you, you know if you had a you were driving through a deserted city in a in a red convertible? Wouldn't you let rip a bit? Yeah, I guess I would. You're right. I would mm-hmm. enjoy the feeling, although. You know, every day is like this, so at some point the buzz has got to wear off, right? And I think we're, we're getting to that point with him, aren't we? I think he's starting to feel, as we get along in the film, we, we realise that he's starting to, to get really, not bored, but disillusioned with everything, isn't he? Yeah. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, it's interesting how they achieved all these um, empty street shots, because, I mean, back then they didn't have, you know, the luxury of being able to CGI out things in the background. Um, but I think for the most part, they, they did a really good job. Yeah, it looks fine, except for the the only time you ever ruined is by the long shots over the cityscape because you can see all the vehicles in the background driving around. Yeah, as I said, don't look too closely. Yeah, yeah, so, but other than that, it's fine, yeah. Well, apparently all they did was um, the, the um, location people just realized that um, very early in the morning in downtown Los Angeles, there was hardly anybody around. Yeah, business district on a weekend. I mean, that's how mm. they, you know, whenever you see films with London deserted, like zombie films, that's all they do. They just film at 5 a.m. on a Sunday, mm-hmm. and no one's going to be in London at that time of the morning. No, not on a Sunday. No, so. Mm. Okay, so he stops the car, and he quickly pulls out, very quickly pulls out a submachine <laughs> gun, doesn't he? <laughs> Almost as if it's speeded up. No, I think uh, Charlton Heston can do this. You do, really? He moves yeah, that yeah. fast. He moves this fast. In and, everything. You know, especially with guns. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Now, go ahead. Sorry. You're going to say what he's firing at, I guess. Yeah, he, he pulls out a submachine gun and he blasts at a shadowy figure in an upstairs window of a building, doesn't he? Yeah. So my question is why? Well, we find that out later, don't we? No, no. I still don't know why. The, the, this creature, we're going to call it a creature, even though it's not. Mm-hmm. Can't get to him. Uh, it's causing no problems. It's just wandering around on its own. And he decides to try and kill it. Well, I mean, he's a bit of an arsehole, isn't he? It appears that way because these creatures, they've got some kind of plague. They mm-hmm. can't go out in daylight. And now they've mm-hmm. got a crazy person running around trying to kill them. And they they 
refer to him in the movie as a monster, don't they? Yeah. So who is get. the bad guy in this film? Exactly. Right. Now, it, it, it's um, it's a very watered down version of the of the of the themes that are in the novel, actually. Oh, it is. It is. Yeah. Um, in the in the novel, you know, as you read it, you you begin to realise that that um, he's not a hero of this story. Really. Oh, okay. They don't really use it to to any kind of advantage in this film. It's, it's just kind of there because he, you know he's Charlton Heston and he's got to be a hero. Hasn't right, he? I guess so. I can't really mm-hmm. make him the bad guy, even though what he does is pretty monstrous at times. It is. It is. As we say, he's a bit of an arsehole. But I'll tell you what, though, he can shoot his load faster than any other man, can't he? Almost as fast as you. <laughs> How would you know? Your wife told me. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> so he, he, he then he, he drives off again, and uh, then we get the credits, don't we? We do, yes. Finally. Finally. We get a good old-fashioned Warner Brothers logo from the 70s, don't we? Oh, yeah, it's a nice logo. Mm-hmm. Love that logo. And I think the music also has a kind of um, wistful Western sound to it. It does, it does, and it, it, it drips um, loneliness, doesn't it? Yeah. So we get more shots of an empty city, and he's driving through the streets again. And we, we get uh, interior shots of empty classrooms and derelict buildings. I thought the classroom was a nice touch, actually. Right. You know, you should say there's no children in this world anymore. No, no more education. No more education. Woohoo! <laughs> we didn't no. have much anyway, did we? No, not really. So, there's, so obviously something's clearly not right here. Um, but it's a nice music score, isn't it? I have to say. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So suddenly there's an overturned truck in the road and Neville swerves hard right onto the curb and he comes to a rough halt. He's blown his tyre, hasn't he? Oh, rough halt. I've been there. It's just down the street. Love that place. <laughs> Very picturesque. But um, you, would, you wouldn't stay there for longer than a couple of nights, though, would you? No, not unless it was broken down. So I'm assuming he's never driven around this area before. This is true. No, he probably because shoot, because the the truck that's there with the bodies hanging out of it, it couldn't have just happened, could it? No, it's always been there. Well, yeah, you know, for a long time anyway. Since the incident. because they're decomposing, aren't they? They're decomposing. Yeah. yeah, it's a big city though, so maybe he hasn't. So Neville checks the damage to his car. And his front tire's blown, and he he jokingly says, oh, "There's never a cop when you need one, is there?" Yeah, there's a lot of that at this opening stage of the film. Well, he's got no one to talk to, so he has to just talk to himself, doesn't he? Yeah, I don't have a problem with it. I'm just saying there's a lot of it. Mm-hmm. We get a full look at Neville now that he gets out of the car, and uh, as well as his safari shoot, he's wearing a... <laughs> what? <laughs> a full look at Neville. <laughs> we do, we get a full he's look. He's not posing. <laughs> you see the full package? Okay. And he's wearing, he's, as well as his safari shoot, suit, he's got a pink shirt on underneath it. Mm-hmm. And he's wearing a thick gun belt around his waist. Do we know the time period this film's supposed to be set in? Yes, it's... Um, well, we see some calendars, don't we, there in the movie when the event supposedly took place, and he right. says it's 1975. Oh, okay. And, then, uh, and I, he, he says it's been two years, doesn't he? So I'm presuming that we're in 1977. Okay, so that's fine. Which would have been the future when this was made. Right, but not too far. We're like, you're, not too you're far. thinking, oh, the clothes are a bit weird. Clothes mm-hmm. are perfectly fine. Well. Oh, I forgot fashion gurus in town. <laughs> I was waiting for a comment, but you mm. never said anything. So the back of the van's open and there's dead bodies lying in the street, as we say. And Neville picks up his gun and a petrol canister and he sets off, doesn't he? Yep. We get a nice zooming long 
long shots of him walking through the deserted streets again. Mm-hmm. And these shots, I do like these shots. They they, they do give you a good sense that of, of his aloneness, I think. Yeah, they do. So he goes into a car dealership and he sees a, a calendar on the wall, as we just said, and it says the date was, was March 1975, which mm-hmm. for some reason really annoys him because he rips it off the wall. No, it's not. It's because it's the cheesecake calendar. It's got the, the topless woman on it. That's what annoys him because he's not seen a woman in, in uh, a long time. But you'd think if that was the case, that picture would be going in his back pocket, wouldn't you, for later? Well, you know, he's got he's higher standards than you. <laughs> <laughs> he likes the real thing. But he can't get the real thing. No, so he's angry because he's uh, not doesn't want to settle and be seen all these images of a past that once was available to him. Well, I mean, yeah, but in the absence of anything better, you know, you, you've got to store up the wank bank, haven't you? Oh. What a phrase. <laughs> Is that what you refer to as? Yes? No? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, as I say, he rips the calendar off the wall angrily. She's not his type, obviously. No, guess not. And uh, so he looks at the cars that are in there and he chooses one of them. And he begins an imaginary conversation with one of the salesmen, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Uh, but we do actually see the salesman. He's dead in the corner, isn't he? Yes, he's not going to help. He's not going to help. No, he's got no help. Any there. commission whatsoever. That's pretty much like any kind of car sales thing, really. No, that's not true. much help. Yep. Uh, so he's checking the engine, uh, and he knows. Unless car salespeople are listed, love you. You're great people, and I don't know what Paul's talking about. <laughs> yes, if you were. <laughs> Keep downloading. We love you. Yeah. And he says, "Oh, what kind of a deal will you give me for my old Ford?" And he says, "Really." Thanks a lot, you cheating bastard. He doesn't like him either. Doesn't, no. Oof. I mean, the guy's dead in the corner. I mean, there's no point rubbing salt into his wound, is there? Does he even notice him? I can't remember if he even looks at him. Yeah, does he does. He does. He sees, sees him and kind of like, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So he starts the car and he screeches off through the broken window, which did make me laugh. <laughs> he just drives it straight out of the window, doesn't it? Doesn't he? really matter, does it? Not really, No. Now, is it me or all the sound effects really over the top in this film as well? Now, you complain about this in every film we watch. I'm getting old. I think my hearing's... He- my hearing? My hearing is going... Sorry? What? What? Eh? Hey? No. Um, I didn't notice that. I thought they were perfectly fine for the film. All right. It's the end of that one, then. Yeah. So, so he pulls up to a cinema, and Woodstock's playing. Well, it's not, technically... I mean, it's not... Well, it was playing. It was playing, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And he says, great show, held over for a third straight year. Yeah, it does, yeah. Now, you remember the days when movies used to have long theatrical runs like that? Yeah, that's true, they did, yeah. And they'd yeah. come and back. And they'd go sometimes. away and then they'd come back, wouldn't they? Yeah, because yeah. it's the only place you could see them, really, except on TV, I suppose. Mm-hmm. No, no mm-hmm. DVD, no videotapes. I mean, theatrical runs now, then you're lucky if you get a month out or something, unless it's a Marvel film. Yeah, and the bugger never leaves. <laughs> and then there's always another one around the corner. That is true, time. yeah. Yeah, like bosses. And they it all is. look the same, like bosses. <laughs> <laughs> Bright, shiny and red. Yeah, like bosses. Yeah, totally, yeah. Lots of windows. No, now it's gone. Now, it's, now it doesn't work. In many ways, they're better than bosses because you get you get them more often, especially where I live. So he goes inside the cinema and he starts mm-hmm. the projector up. Somehow. Yeah, and I'm some... wondering who's changing the reels. 
because he goes and sits down and watches a movie. So who's, yeah. does he have to get up every sort of like 10, 15 minutes and go and change the reel? I guess he does, yeah. He's also suddenly now a theatre technician. You can manage a projector. And the, this cinema has its own generator unless he's put that in there himself. Oh, we get a lot of that in this film, don't we? You know, a lot of generators laying around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they don't even bother explaining it, do they? Sometimes there's just stuff lights works. working for yep, no reason. Stuff works, yep. So as I say, he's watching the movie and he's really, he's enjoying it, isn't he? Which is surprising because you wouldn't have thought that Charlton Heston would have been up for Woodstock, would you? No, no guns. No guns. Yeah. Peace and love. I mean, now I have a problem with this. <clears throat> okay, go on. He has the theatre to himself, and he still chooses a crap seat. <laughs> if you have the theatre to yourself, you sit in the middle. All right, he's a big guy. Maybe it's leg room that's a problem. Ref two seats out. It doesn't matter. Nobody else is coming in. But he just goes and sits at a weird angle to watch the film. He that does. He kind of he's off center, isn't he? Yeah, that's he's just off center. That's just wrong. Loses me totally now. This film, right there. <laughs> also, there's these creatures right running oh, around. Oh, he's on a roll. Go on. That that love the yeah. dark. So a theater, mm-hmm. not a great place to go. You you would think that he would find one or two in there, wouldn't you? You would think so. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. Maybe they don't like Woodstock. Oh, maybe, maybe. Yeah, and I'm why not coming he, in there? Why doesn't he go to different theaters and get their films and bring them back to his favorite cinema, and then he can watch something different? They're not all playing Woodstock, are they? Maybe they are. Maybe every cinema in, in the cinema, uh, you know, just as the outbreak happened, was playing Woodstock. Oh. Yeah, that would be annoying. Wouldn't it? That would be annoying. Yeah, I top myself. I mean, it's 1971. You'd have thought that. that yeah, you'd think that there'd at least be a Planet of the Apes movie playing somewhere, wouldn't you? You would think so, yeah. yeah. How might... meta would that be? <laughs> would cause pro- that would cause problems. <laughs> he could do his line, couldn't he? He could, yeah. Because, I mean, as, he's, as he sits there watching Woodstock, he's, he's reciting the lines as he's hearing them because he's heard it so many times at this point, isn't he? Yeah, which gives my, you know, makes my point. Go find a different film, for God's sake. But uh, so he's he's enjoying himself. Mm-hmm. So it seems, you know, he's not he's, he's managing to keep his inner feelings of disgust at these stinking hippie liberals to himself, <laughs> isn't he? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he even says, doesn't he? Uh, they sure don't make him like this anymore. That's right. He does. So finally, the movie's over and he goes back outside and he panics because he realized the sun's setting. Oh, that's not good. No. But suddenly... Every phone in the city seems to start to ring, and it's oh. deafening. Yeah. There is no phone ringing, he screams, mm-hmm. just as you did at the yeah, start of the yeah. podcast. That's right. Uh, so, so the phones stop ringing after he scr- shouts at them. So we're left to wonder, aren't we? You know, is he crazy? Is he not crazy? Well, I usually yell at my phone when it's ringing and it stops. <laughs> but it still doesn't answer the question of whether he's crazy or not, because, you know, still could be. <laughs> he could be. He could well be. Yeah. Uh, and just as a suggestion, just put it on mm-hmm. silent. Oh, yeah. Never thought of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I never answer my phone. I never know it's ringing. No one calls you. Well, there is that. <laughs> <laughs> so he's, he looks up at the sky and he says, oh, my God, it's almost dark. They'll be waking up soon. Now, this was a um, obviously an ADR line, wasn't it? Because it was, um, his lips weren't moving when he said it. Oh, well, he does ventriloquism. Did you not know that, Dr. Neville? Little side act that he has. As well as being an expert projectionist. Yeah, you don't see much of it. And to be honest, when he's doing the voice of uh, 
um, that statuesque head later. You see his lips move. So he's not always good at it, but, you know, yeah. It was his Christmas party down at the lab. Ventriloquism. That's what he used to do. That and the elephant with his pant pockets, but mostly ventriloquism. What? <laughs> no way. This is the backstory. Come on. Were you not watching it? All right. Oh, clearly he wasn't watching this. <laughs> I didn't get any of this. Wow. Are you editorialising again? I thought I was the only one doing that. A little bit. So he speeds back through the streets. It's getting darker and darker. Mm-hmm. And he's doing his best to hit every piece of debris that he can find, isn't he, along the way? Yeah, it's like a Stersky and Hutch scene. It is. <laughs> he crashes through barriers. And he finally reaches what we presume is his home. And he uses a remote control, which looks like a brick, doesn't it? This remote control that he uses to... Um, to raise the uh, the yeah. door of his garage. It is. It's bigger than the garage door. It is. So as he's driving inside, suddenly some funky jazz number starts and a couple of robed figures appear around the car throwing firebombs at him. Yeah, and I assume the music is part of the garage door. It's, it activates when the door opens. Oh, how good would that be? That'd be excellent. <laughs> I want one. When you want one? I'm, I'm, I'm going to get one tomorrow. Yeah. I'm going to get one tomorrow. You arrive, yeah. you arrive home. You're like, hey, look at this. Push the button. As the door opens, that'd be great. Everyone love that. I don't want the I don't want the firebombing robed uh, plague victims though. They are an option. Can I, can I... Yes, they're an option. Yeah. They don't have to have them. No, 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 no. A lot of people like them, but you don't have to have them. Is it one of those little boxes where you tick it? But I can never work out. Do I tick it for yes or do I tick it for no? Um. See, it's pre it's pre checked marked. For, for our American listeners, um, it's pre-ticked, so you have so to remove it. Off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So a lot of people forget to do that. Okay, so if I get it wrong though, I'm blaming you. If I if I get firebombed by some robed uh, plague victims, okay. All right, I'm just letting you know. All right, <clears throat> I'll live with it. Yeah, I'm sure you will. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, just as we say, the, these no, these robed figures. Mm-hmm. Okay, monks. Monks. Where are they getting the robes from? Ah, see, now, what else are they going to do, these plague victims? They're just sewing and making robes all the time. Well, that, they're, they're really knocking them out because they've all got matching ones on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There must have been, like, a, I don't know, a fabric store that just had lots of brown fabric. And they robbed it. I can't think. <laughs> Either that there's a monastery nearby. Well, all the, all the monks would be dead, so they can just nick them, couldn't they? That's true. Yeah, they're not going to need them. I mean, robbing a dead monk is the uh, least of the worries, really, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And let's be honest, he no, wasn't robbed a dead monk. No. <laughs> is there something you want to share, Colin? No, let's, not, let's, let's not go into that Wednesday night. Whew. Well, you know, it's, it's all right as long as it doesn't become a habit. Oh, jeez. And it's not like he could tell anybody. Well, no. Swad to, <laughs> to silence. Especially if he's dead. Yeah. Well, that was fun. Benedictine? Uh, <laughs> you bet he did. I have no idea what that meant. I just had to say it. I just needed to say it. Oh, monk puns. It was not even a pun. It made no sense. <laughs> I'm going to cut it out. It's Benedictine? You bet he did. See? It's, it's one of those things that you say, right, that's stupid, makes no sense, but becomes your catchphrase. Benedictine? I bet he did. Keep saying it. Keep saying it. I know. It. I'm just going to use it all the time, regardless of what podcast we do from now on. Well, that'll be fun for everyone. That's just me. <laughs> <laughs>
so so back back with the movie. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so there's these uh, two robed guys, women. Don't know. Yeah, just robed. And Neville pulls out his machine gun again, and he mows them down, doesn't he? And there's one on top of the car, and he does a spectacular flip off the car, doesn't he? Into yeah. a load of boxes. Yeah, he's very good. It looked like it hurt. I know, it probably yeah. did, but you know, plague victim. Who cares? And the blood uh, squibs as well. They've got that really bright 70s <laughs> garish blood colour. Yeah, well, <laughs> was that a. I am, we'd have to look into this at some point because was that a thing that they did so that they would pass censorship to make it not look like blood? Because blood didn't look like that. Blood's never looked like that. Right. So, what was it? Why was the reason for making it look like that? I don't know, but it, it's in a lot of movies from that era. You think of the Hammer movies. It's it's they mm-hmm. called it Kensington Gore, didn't they? I mean, it's it's bright, bright, almost paint, isn't it? It's... <laughs> there must be something about that. Um... Mm. And even even in films like um, Dirty Harry, the blood in Dirty Harry is is the same color. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Strange. Yeah, Unless is. people in the seventies had that color blood. Maybe, I mean, it was I the mean, 70s. They were all drinking and on drugs, so maybe that's what happens to your blood when you... Like, does it par? <clears throat> I don't I don't bleed. I haven't got time to bleed. Okay. Okay. Little little, re- little predator reference for anyone who's listening there. Oh, yeah. So he's in his garage, and uh, he puts out any fires that, that have started. Mm-hmm. And he starts his generator. He's got a big generator, hasn't he? Yep, yeah. He keeps it under lock and key. It's that big. Yep. We we did get this long shot of him unlocking three padlocks that seems to go on forever as well. Did you notice that? We did, yeah. But uh, yeah. I assume it's important for later. It, it's not, though, is it? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so he flips the switch and all the lights outside the house come on and all the the other robed figures that are approaching the house go running off screaming, don't they? Because they we don't do. like bright lights. Nope. That's right. So he steps in a lift and he presses a button. Penthouse, he says, doesn't he? He does, but but he doesn't clean up those bodies. Well, I mean, there's bodies everywhere at this point, isn't there? Yeah, but you don't want rotting bodies in your basement. <laughs> you know this, do you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you find that out the hard way, Colin? Oh, I did. <laughs> the, the amount of bleach you need, ridiculous. <laughs> no, but you I don't, do you? I mean, what, is he going to clean them up? Is he going to throw them out? What's he going to do? Well, what, next time he goes down there, they're not there anymore, are they? Oh, so they just... Are they like video game bad guys? Would they just disappear? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I was just thinking that. They okay. just disappear. All right, they just vanish. Mm-hmm. All right. So suddenly we see rockets and bombs going off. Mm-hmm. And he's having a flashback moment, isn't he? He is, yeah. And we see marches and news footage. And the newsreader is actually um, a guy that we'll come to meet later in the movie, isn't he? He is, yeah. Anthony Zerby. So then we cut... That, that flashback just seems to happen really fast and then then suddenly we're back with Neville in his uh, in his quarters and he's talking to his bust, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, well, we get the shot of him in the helicopter and all that and he's he's created the vaccine. That's later. Oh, it is? I've got it as being in the same place. No, that's later. Right. You're in charge. <laughs> you're in charge. I mean, you're wrong, but you're in charge. Well, we'll see. Because if, if I don't get, to, if I haven't written it down later in my notes, then you were right. So, oh, okay. Well, I think you're wrong. All right. <clears throat> so let's talk about the set of uh, Neville's uh, apartment. <clears throat> okay, it's very eclectic, and uh, he dresses for dinner like Liberace. 
<laughs> I wrote Austin Powers. Oh, yeah, well, <laughs> very similar. Uh, the scenery outside appears to be a curbard cityscape with flames that appear to be candles flickering in a wind. <laughs> you're ruining... You're ruining? Ruining? <laughs> I don't believe I am. <laughs> You're ruining the... Ruin, I said it again. <laughs> You've been drinking. Ruin, you, no, I just can't say the word. Oh, okay. You're... you're ru, well, I mean, go I have on. been drinking. Give it a go. Give it a go. Come on. You're, Come on. You're, you're, you're spoiling people, the movie magic. Oh, people are going to applaud when you said it correctly. It's not going to happen. <clears throat> and uh, we get the first instance of uh, Charlton Heston's naked torso, don't we, at this point? Yeah, which is, I think he's contractually obliged to do in every film, right? I think he is. And, mm. you know, I couldn't help but think, you know, those were the days, weren't they, when a leading man could look like, you know, not be, you know, he, I mean, he's not exactly in shape. He's not out of shape, but he's not in shape, is he? He's just kind of like how normal old, How old looking. do you think he was in that film? I think he was probably in his mid to late 50s. Yeah, he still looks better than either of us. <laughs> I'm not knocking the guy. Oh, you sound like you, know, you were to me. No, no. my point is, that compared to, to what a, a modern-day leading man looks like, you know. Yeah, but modern-day leading men don't look like normal men. No, exactly. Because, and, and, because they spend eight hours a day for three months paid to work in a gym. And the average guy mm-hmm. doesn't do that. And clearly, Charlton Heston didn't. No. Why should he? He's a star. He is indeed, and but I mean, he's all he's all sinewy um, and chest hair, isn't he? That's what he is. <laughs> plus, plus the meals he's eating are all canned, so he's not exactly getting a great nutritional value from his meals, right? Oh, oh so you're saying that the, as an actor, he went method for a few weeks beforehand? Is what he you're did. Saying? He did. He just ate canned food, like he he was on the crapper night till dawn, <laughs> in between eating canned food, just to get into the role of a man left alive alone in a world full of only canned food okay i didn't realize he put that much work into it to be honest if you're eating canned food you have to put a lot of work into it <laughs> i would imagine that he was machine gunning that crap out wasn't he probably yeah mm. but then again he's, he's the man to do it he is yeah just as an aside should we talk about um charlton heston's uh, affiliations um, well, I think people know that he was a member, well, was he a spokesperson for the NRA? National he was, Rifle he was, Association. He was yeah, big so advocate, he, was he? Big advocate of uh, guns, and uh, and I think there is a lot of that in this film, especially later. There is, and I, I mean, he, he always he, he always played the kind of characters, you know, they were, they were macho characters, you know. You, you... They were men, Paul, and they scare you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, <laughs> so he puts on a he turns on a series of closed circuit tv screens one of which seems to be filled by his massive hairy chest doesn't it yeah it's just it just follows him around it's just him and he, he does comment on it later but yes he does he does yeah, but it is him it's like uh the youtube of the future oh wait no <laughs> wait it was the past but you know what i mean like that's the youtube <laughs> that we have now just videos of yourself Especially if YouTube was filled with massive, hurry, sinewy chests. It's not. What channels are you going to? <laughs> I'm, I'm obviously not looking in the right places. No, at all, no. Yeah. So pouring himself a drink, he, he banters with his bust. 
I should say he's bust of, of Caesar. I don't mean he's bust. Mm, nicely done, Paul. Nicely done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then suddenly he's the noise of mocking laughter coming from outside, doesn't he? Oh, wait. Ro- so is, is that a, a Planet of the Apes reference? Caesar? What? I wouldn't have thought so. Ah, oh, should have been. But Caesar wasn't in, in, in the one that he was in. Oh, that makes it even better. Gloss over it. Move on. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so the rogue figures are back outside and they're chanting Neville, Neville at him, aren't they? Yeah. Yep. So it's just a normal Saturday night round there, isn't it? Really? Yeah, it sounds like it. A few drinks. Yeah. Scream Neville. Yeah, and he angrily, he angrily throws his drink across the room and he screams, Leave me alone! Mm-hmm. They can't hear him, though, because he's in a building. <laughs> yeah, but we've all been there, haven't we? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> and they use catapults to fire fireballs at him. They do. They they they. We cut to to two of the ro- two rogue. I can't speak tonight, can I? No, it's all these words. I don't know. So we cut to we cut to the rogue figures outside, and uh, they're wheeling up a big um, trebuchet. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I like a trebuchet. Yeah. So do I. It's good. Yeah, yeah. It's a classic weapon. It is. Yeah. yeah. If you ever want to store many castles, get yourself a trebuchet. I wouldn't use anything else. Oh no! But you've got to be careful where you get them from. Oh, why? Some dodgy trebuchet dealers. Oh, there's some cowboys out there. I didn't know cowboys had trebuchets. <laughs> <laughs> it was a medieval weapon. Knights <laughs> mainly, but okay. Cowboy knights. Oh, that's a film that should be made. <laughs> yeah, it is, isn't it? Cowboy Knights versus... Um, what can they be fighting? Cowboy Knights versus Alien Vikings. Oh, that'd be excellent. You, you, you know, the, the Viking Knight buys his um, weapon from Trebuchet Bay. And... Uh, God. <laughs> do you know how hard that was to say? You never know how hard that was to say. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I've got the shivers then. Did you? <laughs> What's more interesting is I called it a catapult. What, and I called it a trebuchet? Yeah. I think you're accurate. I'm wrong, but... Oh, well, I'm accurate. I think... I'm as accurate as a trebuchet. Oh, that's not that accurate, though, because they just fling them anywhere. Well, <laughs> it's not that accurate in this movie, is it? No, that's right. <laughs> because they fire it and it just kind of... Well, they miss, and then one hits his curtains. He does. <laughs> he does. Which he he has a handy um, fire extinguisher, doesn't he? Which he puts uses it out. Back. So we cut to two of the robed figures talking, and it's Matthias and um, Zachary, and they're, they're talking in that kind of medieval speak, aren't they? Yeah. Why did they change the names? Well, I'm guessing that that Matthias is he's created this cult or religion that they're all into isn't he right so he picked it's the kind name of, and yeah. then he named zachary or his i guess so yeah okay. see and it's all it's all you know brother this and brother that isn't it yeah well they're all... wearing the robes absolutely yeah and uh you know he 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 asks grimly who's grimly, grimly? who's he <laughs> he's the little dwarf from oh the I, didn't, I, didn't know, I didn't know he was in this film ah interesting <laughs> he, he grimly asks. Wouldn't it be funny if Grimly was always happy? 
That would be really confusing, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, we've got access. <laughs> what? Glad you're amusing yourself and nobody else is. Hey. <laughs> it's 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 uh, normal service. Right. We'll resume next week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, three weeks. So yeah, so it's all brother this and brother that, and um, he grimly asks of the other figure um, about the, the the other people that attack Neville, and he says they're all dead, you know. And he goes three, three dead. And he says, yeah, they should have stayed clear of the light. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he means by this because there wasn't any light. Yeah, you're right. Because it was dark in the room when they got in there. That's right. That's right. <clears throat> That's true. So they're, they're, lo- they're looking up at uh, Neville's house, and Zachary calls it a honky paradise. Yeah, he does. There's a lot of that in this film, isn't there? Yeah, it has like, a lot of a lot of seventies black exploitation. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. There's a great moment later, isn't there? There is. So then Matthias gives a speech about how Neville is is a creature and he's alone. And that they can't get him, um, calling him the... They call him the Lord of the Infernal Machine, which I thought was a nice line. It is. That would have been a good name for the film. What, Infernal Machine? No, Lord, Lord of Infernal Oh, yeah, the whole thing. Go for the whole thing. Lord of the Infernal Machine. Sounds a bit too much like a horror movie, though, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, or a heavy metal band. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I've, I think I've seen them supporting Iron Maiden. To be honest. Ah, so you have. Mm-hmm. And it's a very this this whole speech. It's kind of very right on, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. They, they even refer to themselves as a family, don't they? They do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So back with Neville, and he's still shirtless. It's like it's like they've paid for Charlton Heston, and by God, they're going to get as much of him as they possibly can out of it. Aren't they? Oh, you reckon they they paid for the centimeter value of skin that they could save? Absolutely. They oh, paid right. by skin. They paid, paid by, by the skin. acre. They paid by what? I... That sounds painful. It does. So he realises that it's Sunday, and as you say, he, he says he always dresses for dinner mm-hmm. in his Austin Powers outfit. Mm-hmm. Um, back outside, Matthias and his acolytes are um, they're in favour of attacking, but but Matthias disagrees. He thinks they should wait. Yeah. So then we dissolve into another flashback, mm-hmm. and we see Matthias. He's reading the news, oh, and. Martial laws in place, and people are collapsing in the streets. There's some good acting here, isn't there, from uh, some of these extras collapsing in the streets, I thought. Yeah, martial law, he's my favourite. <laughs> it's that TV show in the 80s. Yeah, it was great. He used to have an iron dog. I think there actually was a TV show called Martial Law, you know. Yeah, it probably was. I think it was a kung fu thing. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, was, was law spelled L-O-R-E? That wouldn't be good. <laughs> oh, that could have been all, yeah. Could that wouldn't fly today, would it? Now we're making it up. Yes. <laughs> right in a series now. Martial law. He's a kung fu expert, ex cop, time traveler. He's also dog. Been, he's a time traveler. <laughs> I'm just, you know, covering all the bases of popular TV shows. Is he also part part robot? He's a cyborg as no, well. No, no, he's, he's got an iron dog. His dog is is. Uh, oh, he's got robot. an iron dog. His dog's robotic. It's controlled okay. by his uh, helper who stays at home. In a wheelchair? Possibly, possibly. Mm-hmm. Cool. We get some shots of the hospitals, and there's people, and the hospitals are struggling under the weight of all the, you know, of all the plague victims that they're getting in the in there, aren't they? They are indeed. And Neville's sitting at a desk, and he's watching the news. And this is the, the this is where we actually see because there's a little um, uh, little placard on his 
desk, isn't there? And we we get to see that his his full name is Colonel Robert Neville. Right, he's a colonel. I forgot that. Yes, he's a colonel, not a doctor. Colonel. So Matthias, I think he's a doctor as well, though, isn't he? Oh, he, he can seems be. to know well, a lot that's, about. That's just greedy. Well, let, let, let's list his jobs so far. He's a doctor. Mm-hmm. He's a colonel. Mm-hmm. He's a projectionist. Yep, yep. He's a marksman. He's, he's a marksman. He's a mechanic. Mechanic. Scientist. Mm-hmm. Fashion he, guru. Expert in tinned goods. Yep. And mm-hmm. generators. Mm-hmm. And plays chess. So he's, he's got a lot going on. He has. Got his fingers in a lot of pies. Mm-hmm. Wonder what I was going to say then, didn't you? <laughs> Treading carefully. Uh, so Matthias is talking on the news about uh, Judgment Day, isn't he? Mm-hmm. And Neville just switches it off in disgust. Now, his character's a lot like Taylor, isn't it, from Planet of the Apes? Don't you think? Yeah, it is. Yes, I He's got agree. that cynicism that Taylor had. Yep, yep. So he takes the phone call um, about a test, a test vaccine. And he runs out carrying a briefcase into a waiting helicopter. So here we are at the helicopter flashback. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. So they're flying over the city and suddenly the pilot passes out. Neville tries to take over, but suddenly he's ripped with spasms, isn't he? Yes. And the, the chopper crashes onto the ground with a, a humongous explosion. But somehow... He, he survives with just quite a few scratches and a... Some red paint on him. Red paint. Now... If there's a fear that people can be struck by this illness at any point, isn't going by helicopter a bit silly? You'd think you'd stay on the ground, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, okay, a car can crash, but still there's more chance he's surviving than dropping like a brick in a helicopter, although he does survive. So maybe they knew all along. Yeah, so that was just basically a load of bullshit, wasn't it? I'm just saying, it seems odd. It was, it was just no, I'm agreeing. Choice. I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you. Yes, Thanks. yes, it was. It was an odd choice. Yeah. So yeah, as we say, somehow he's he's he survived. He's laying on the ground, <clears throat> and he's uh, his clothing's all tattered, which I thought was a nice touch. It looked like a cartoon, didn't it? Yeah, like when uh, Lou Ferrigno turns into the Incredible Hulk and rips yeah. his pants. <laughs> uh, so he crawls over to his briefcase and he takes out a syringe. The vaccine, he mutters before injecting himself. Mm. But he doesn't really inject himself because if you look at it, he just squirts it out all over his arm. Oh. Mm. At no point does that needle enter his body. Does a, does a Bob Monkhouse joke. I went to the dentist the other day and my dentist, he used to be in power films. Every time he gives me an injection, just before he finishes, he takes it out of my mouth and squirts it off my face. <laughs> so uh, the flashback ends and we're back with Matthias. As a large... Oh, this is where the large catapult gets dragged out. Oh, we jumped another, ahead one, of another one. There's another one, Paul. The one. No, this the is a catapult. One. The other one was a trebuchet. Let's just go with that. <laughs> Bizarrely, I wrote catapult in the notes, but yet it's a trebuchet when you mentioned it earlier. She's just showing off. I know. Like, I look, know. look at me, my French words. I know. <laughs> so I don't know many. So uh, Neville's dishing up dinner, isn't he? Mm-hmm, he is. Yeah. And um, he's cooking sausages. And he cooks a rather lot of sausages as well, doesn't he? Yeah, where does he get these sausages from? Because yeah, you'd think that every bit of... Because this has been two years into this now. Right. Uh, all the fresh food's probably gone, isn't it? You would assume so. And even if there's any, like, frozen stuff, the fridge is not going to be working. Maybe he's hooked a generator up. 
Yeah, he seems... I don't know. Or he's making his own sausages, which begs the question, what's he putting in them? Oh, that's why he's killing these people. (laughs) Every time he sees one, he's like, oh, there's a banger. (laughs) Guns them down. And that's why he don't clean up, and that's why those bodies are gone in the basement. He's making sausages. You've cracked it, pal. There you go. There you go. Uh, I knew he was evil. It'd be some it'd be some rotten meat though, wouldn't it? Yeah, like plague sausages. Plague plague sausages. <laughs> look, look like white blood puddings. <laughs> yeah, I mean you wouldn't gain any weight though, would you? Sorry, what was that? You wouldn't gain any weight from eating them. No, in I fact guess you'd probably you, lose weight. You probably you? would, yeah. The more you eat, the more weight you lose. Yeah. God, God you'd be hours on the crapper, wouldn't you? Days. Days. <laughs> You'd be a shadow of your former self. Maybe it's a, yeah. Maybe we should make it as a diet plan. Plague victims. <laughs> One a Plague day. Victim. Makes you go all day. Some kind of plague victim sausage. There you go. That's a slow nibble it. Nibble, nibble it. it. Uh, yeah, nibble it. No, no, no. I think you've got to take the whole thing. What, in one go? Yeah, I don't think you nibble a plague sausage. Because as you're nibbling it, you're thinking about what it is, and then at some point you're going to go, you know what, I'll eat the canned food. <laughs> I think you put enough ketchup on it, you'd be all right. So ketchup probably keeps, right? So that's all right. Ketchup would survive a nuclear blast, I would have thought. Probably, yeah. Well, we'll find out soon, won't we? Yep, that's true. Yep. Happy days. I know. We'll keep the podcast going, folks. Don't you worry. <laughs> yeah, because that's all people who want to cheer them up. Shit podcast. <laughs> Talking about films that they can no longer watch. <laughs> Actually, don't. About... Furnace, some of them. That's not a bad thing. <laughs> you know, nobody has to watch the Highlander one we did ever again. That's okay. They'd thank us for you that. You say that. You say that, but as I pointed out in the episode, I do own it on Blu-ray, so... Yeah, just you. Yeah. So anyway, suddenly the uh, the family, they start launching fireballs with the second trebuchet. Mm-hmm. And as you said, one crashes through the window and he has to put it put out the fire. Ooh, again? Yeah, again. Ooh, it's like deja vu this, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, right. And he, then he gets a, a weird um, rifle with this massive infrared scope, doesn't he? He does, yeah. And he starts just gunning down... Random, robed family members. Picking them off. Although the view from the site, the crosshairs is not over the people that he's killing. Yes, I noticed that as well. <laughs> so it's a kind of strange gun and then it appears to just operate slightly to the right of where the target is. Well, it's, it, maybe it's futuristic technology. I mean, it is 1977. That's true, although he could just adjust for that slight little quirk of the gun. He is, yeah, an, he yeah. is an expert, I don't forget. But, you know, he, he goes and sits back down and then he says balls. Yeah. I don't quite understand why he said that, but... Maybe he know. sat down too fast. <laughs> well, that suit is a bit tight, that velvet yeah, so suit. so maybe is. that's what the reason is. <laughs> <clears throat> so next day, Neville, he's out jogging in a nice blue 1970s tracksuit. It's lovely. It's vintage, isn't it? Well, it is now. It's not then. <laughs> And he's obviously he's carrying his machine gun as he's, as he's running, isn't he? Of course, in case he can pick off some people. Because you never know. Because the psychopath that he is. Absolutely. And he stops and he uses a, a little tape recorder thing to make a record of the streets that he's been exploring. 
And he says, oh, if, if I could just find the nest. Who's he making this recording for? Oh, you know, if he doesn't, he's got no one to talk to. So maybe he just listens to them back and talks to himself. Oh, he's like you. <laughs> <laughs> just sitting alone in your room playing podca- uh, podcast backwards and forwards. Going. <sighs> mentally, e- men- mentally editing me out. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you do that with me? No, no, I don't mentally edit you out. Yeah, <laughs> I physically you, you do physically it. Mess with <laughs> <it>. <laughs> All right. Uh, so he's uh, he's obviously looking to exterminate these people, then, isn't he? Yeah, he's trying to find the nest, and then he's trying to kill the main dude. Mm-hmm. He, he is kind of assuming that they're all in a humongous giant city; that they're all kind of congregating in one place, isn't he? Yeah, he seems to think they're like, I don't know, there's a nest of rats or something. I don't quite know where he's got this idea from, but I guess mm-hmm. he's not wrong. But... He's not wrong, no. He's not wrong, as we find out. Yeah. So he enters the lobby of a hotel, and he wanders around for a bit, goes through a dining area filled with bodies and cobwebs. Mm-hmm. Clearly, the, clearly this, this virus didn't affect uh, spiders and things, did it? Well, that's an interesting point. No, there's no zombie spiders. No zombie spiders. Hmm. So he moves down into the basement and he finds more bodies and a disused van that's empty. And he's exploring rooms. He finds a dead couple in a bed together, doesn't he? He does, yeah. Who pulled the cover over their heads? Maybe that's how they like to, you know... Snuggle. Snuggle, yeah. As they're dying. Yeah, they pour covers over their heads. All right, I'll I'll buy it. Uh, so suddenly he finds a, a, a waste paper bin and he finds some fresh rubbish in there, doesn't he? Yeah, sardine can with uh, fresh juice in it. Something disturbing about the way you said fresh juice, then. All right. Didn't that's like what, that. That's why, I got fi- that's why I got fired from working on that orange store once. <laughs> not, not many takers. No, I just didn't like it. I went, ooh, would you like some fresh juice? No. You, go, no, you know what? I'm fine. It's yeah. all right. <laughs> I just walked on by. <laughs> Whole career ruined. So, so Neville creeps up to a door, kicks it open, and he finds a robed figure slumped over a desk, doesn't he? And he starts talking to it, mm-hmm. but then he realizes that it's dead too. So obviously these plague victims don't live forever, do they? they they're going to die as well. Apparently they die eventually, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Neville then he enters a, a clothing store, doesn't he? And he strips off. Again, he does, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So More shirtless if, Chuck. Here's a question. If these plague victims, they die eventually, why doesn't he just go somewhere and sit it out and then come back when they're all dead? Where's the fun in that? He doesn't get to shoot his guns at people then, though, does oh, he? Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and eventually, it. if they're all dead, he's going to have no one to shoot his guns at, and then he's going to be bored, isn't he? Oh, I'm sure he finds something to shoot at. Mannequins, trees, mirrors. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, speaking speaking of mannequins. Yeah, there was a reason. Go, Professionalism, yeah. that Paul. It was, I know. So, yeah, I'm working. Um, so he goes into this clothes. <laughs> so he's in this clothing store and he um, sniffs some cologne and he goes to try on some clothes. Uh, he passes- can, I, can I just point something out? He actually pours the aftershave over his neck. Then he sniffs it, finds it's disgusting, <laughs> and puts it back. But he's already he's poured it over himself. Does he it's not? a bit late. The damage is done there. Isn't yeah, it? has this guy never used aftershave before? 
You sniff it first, mate. You sniff it first. Well, he's a manly man. He probably doesn't use it anyway, though, does he? Don't manly men use aftershave? They just like the smell of sweat, don't they, usually? Hmm. Interesting. I mean, I, I'm not... I mean, I'm, clearly, I'm not a manly man. I'm, I'm <clears throat> perfumed up to the nines every day. So. <laughs> well, not perfumed, but, you know... <laughs> <laughs> A little strange to me, but all right. You know what I mean. You know no, what I, mean. I don't. Maybe. You know, I use deodorant. Oh, okay. <clears throat> and and after shave, occasionally. Well, well, both at the same time. Jesus Christ. Well, I don't put the after shave like, under my arms. Like that's what you're asking. Purity of smells. Absolutely. I mean, what? It's either that or I've got to live with myself, and I don't want to do that. No, that's true. Yeah. Bad enough. Yeah. I mean, I don't smell. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so he's in he's in the clothing store, and uh, he passes through a room and finds a room full of mannequins, doesn't he? He does. Now a lot of these are, are female mannequins, and they're half naked. Mm-hmm. Now this is the point. If you're if you were Neville in this. Uh, you know, messed up world. This is the point where you'd be hoping that one of these was actually Kim Cattrall, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah, that's true. You would. Mm-hmm. It's a nice callback, then, you say? Yeah, nice. Podcast number, whatever it is. Yep. We can't, we can't remember to actually look at the number. Nah. Just scroll down, you'll find it. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one, too. It is, it is. So he reaches out a hand and he touches one of the mannequins, doesn't he? Saucy. Can't do that anymore. You think he's thinking of maybe taking one of those back home with him? I think that's a possibility. Why not? <laughs> I don't know, Colin. You, you explain it to me. What, what? <laughs> well, he might want to. He's uh, got he's got like heads and busts and statues. He might want to decorate a corner of his room with a nice mannequin. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's what he wants it for. Yep, decoration. Yep. Suddenly, he's a crash, doesn't he? Yes. <laughs> clarifying and he spins around but there's only mannequins around him apparently well you say that (laughs) but his eyesight appears to be pretty poor because i'm fairly certain one of them looks nothing like a mannequin and is moving (laughs) no she 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 pulls a pose why does she pull a pose why didn't she just stand still i don't know she pulled a mannequin pose She's just kind of a, a weird standing on one leg, doing a, a, a pointing sort of motion with her hand, doesn't she? Yeah. Yeah, it's not helping her. It's not helping. And then she kind of slowly turns around and looks at him anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit Tom and Jerry, this, isn't it? That's a touch bit silly. Mm. So as I say, she, she slowly turns around and they lock eyes and then she runs and never gives chase. He does. Why is she running away? Uh, Do you think it's the thought of a testosterone oozing Ch- Charlton Heston, bare-chested, chasing after her? It's just too much for any woman. It's too much for me. <laughs> I couldn't go with it. <laughs> <laughs> My God. So they run through a park mm-hmm. uh, until Neville's exhausted and he sits down. I mean, he's, he needs to get his cholesterol checked, I think. Yeah, it's not much of a run, right, for someone No, he, uh, he's at that dangerous age, isn't yeah. he, I think? Yeah. And he's starting to think that perhaps he hallucinated the woman. It's fair enough, you would, yeah. But then again, he hallucinated the, the sound of the phones ringing, so it's not, you know, 
outside the realms of possibility, is it? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then we go back to his house, and Neville is uh, he's listening to his eight track again, and he's boozing it up. Mm-hmm. And he hears a noise, and he goes down to wait, wait, the... wait. He's not at his home. He's at a bar. He's at a bar. Yeah. I thought it was his house. No, he goes to a bar. He goes one more drink before the bars close. Ah, oh, right. I stand corrected. Yeah. I stand corrected. So he, he goes to a, he goes to the bar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. And he is noise, so he goes down to the wine cellar. That's right. And suddenly he gets jumped by a group of robed family members, doesn't he? You push a large wine rack over onto a stuntman. Yeah. Jumped by monks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you wish you could be jumped by monks, don't you? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, yes, you do. That's a very weird thing to say, Pa. You know that I ring your bell. Nuns? Yeah. Jump by nuns. Oh, yeah, well, let me jump by nuns. Angry plague nuns. Angry plague nuns, even better. Wasn't Angry Plague right. Nuns an album? If it if it's not, it's going to be. It should yeah. be. Yeah. So then we cut to a courtroom, and they've captured uh, Neville, and they've taken him... They, they, they seem to have tied him to a table. Yes. And Matthias is preaching to a congregation of the family... And he say, he tells Neville, you are obsolete, a relic of the past. And Neville replies, you're full of crap. Yeah, fair enough, straight to the point. Mm-hmm. So Matthias shouts, take him to the little room. And For a minute said, I thought they were just taking taking him to a toilet. Yeah, that's what I, I said. I expected Esther to go, I don't need to pee, what's going on? <laughs> the little room, don't be so cheeky, sunshine. I need the bigger <laughs> room. He's a big man. And he's eating all that tin food. Right, yeah, he really needs to go to a little room. The Mephias and Neville, they, they have a discussion about truth and new society and the way forward forward, and a whole bunch of other stuff that was just Nonsense, noise. Right? just gibberish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mephias tells him that uh, he is the only thing stopping their society from moving forward. I do think it's a nice idea that they view him as the monster. As we, yeah, you know, because like, I think there's a good argument for the fact that they're right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And it, it's all from the um, source material. This. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's also a good performance from um, Anthony Zerbi. I mean, it's very hammy, but it's uh... yeah, he's a little over the top. But I can see why you like him. What do you mean by that? <laughs> Just a comment. Get over it. <laughs> all right. So a large group of family members enter and uh, Matthias pronounces Neville to be guilty of crimes against them mm-hmm. and that he doesn't he doesn't bear the marks. No. I'm pretty sure they just didn't look hard enough. But... I'm sure he does. Yeah, the marks of they... their eyes, right? Uh, yeah, well, they, as I say, they, 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 they take off their glasses and they reveal that all their eyes are white and, um, and that they've got... Uh, we should say they've got all sores all over their faces as well, haven't they? Mm-hmm. So, so so, why don't they wear sunglasses when then they can go out in the daylight? Yeah, but it hurts the skin as well, doesn't it, I think? Oh, I didn't realise that. I thought it was just their eyes. It hurts the skin. Okay. Well, you see, in the book, Vampire they're actually clones. vampires. Yeah. They're vampires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They drink blood in the book. So anyway, Neville calls them barbarians. Mm-hmm. And Matthias says that they intend to create a world without machinery or war. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. They're not really the bad guys, as we said, are they? Not really. So Matthias asks Brother Zachary to take Neville out, 
And they put him in a cart, don't they? And they start, and they put a nice pointy hat on him as well. Ah, the pointy hat lasts about two seconds, right? Because it mm-hmm. disappears and is never Did you seen think, again. I think that was Charlton Heston going, I'm not bloody wearing that. <laughs> there must have been some reason for it because it's only in one very, like, quick shot of him wearing the hat and then it's gone mm-hmm. from then on. So, yeah, I saw that too. So they take him to, um, uh, which I, what I presume is a, a football stadium. Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they're going to burn him on a pyre that they've made of, of wood and disused TVs and washing machines and all kinds of stuff. Hmm. And they're all chanting, burn, 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 when suddenly all the stadium lights kick in, hmm. along with more jazz funk music. Yeah, bands come on. That's nice. It is. Half-time <laughs> show. Excellent. Half-time show, yeah. yeah. And a man runs out, and he cuts Neville down, and they escape. And this is Dutch. I thought it was in English. As soon as I said it, I thought, oh, <laughs> shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done that. Now, the character's name is Dutch. Mm-hmm. And what's powering the lights of the stadium? Well, one of those generators. That's, that's a big generator. Yeah, they've all got them at the stadiums in case the power fails. I'll buy that. <laughs> Good. Okay. So they Dutch throws Neville into a room where he finds the girl that he saw earlier pointing mm. a gun at him. Yeah. Wearing a lot of leather as well, isn't she? Yeah. I'm going to say that again. Yeah. Yeah, she is. And this is where we get some um, some more uh, lovely 1970s dialogue, don't we? We're doing it. It's kind of cool. I did like the bit where she says... All right, you son of a bitch, hold tight. Up against the wall, you mother. <laughs> yeah, it's like, at this point, it seems a very different film all of a sudden. It is. It is. <laughs> she, do, she does call him, refer to him as Fathead and Mud at one point as well. Oh, that's right, yeah. And then she knocks him out. That's true, she does. She gives him a good mm-hmm. right hook. And then she says, uh, I know how to roll, but it's hard on the elbows. <laughs> I like that line. It's the kind of thing. It's the kind of thing Don Johnson would say playing yeah. Uh, Crockett. Yeah, she has some cool lines at this point. Hmm. So then they get on a bike, don't they? Mm-hmm. And um, just as they're about to go, she tells him, "If you have any ideas to play James Bond, I'll bust your ass." Right. Charlton be... Heston is James Bond. That'd be interesting. That. No, don't, don't. <laughs> <laughs> he does that a lot. Have you ever noticed? Was he the fans? He does, he, uh, doesn't he? Does he? There's a lot of sighing. Yeah. Right. Mm. Okay. Just as I just noticed it. Oh, can't say half, mm. but the next time I watch one of his films, he does. He does. Uh, yeah. Right. It's like Heston was in the room. <laughs> Add it to my list of uh, impressions. I will. Impressions. Yeah. So, um, so the man that rescued Neville, as we said, his name's Dutch. He starts throwing um, flash bombs at the family to distract them. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> doesn't um, doesn't um, Neville tell um, Lisa to hitch up hitch her drawers? Yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then a stuntman rides the bike through the stadium. And um, did you like the shot of the, where they go down the steps? Yes. Slightly speed it up? Just a touch. Just a touch. Couldn't tell. <laughs> Smooth. Couldn't, couldn't tell, no. no. 
could they have picked a stuntman that had any less or more her than what Charlton Heston has as well? Yeah. He's got um, a... And they didn't really try that hard, did they? Not really, no. Maybe it's no. hard to find a stuntman that looks like Charlton Heston, though. Well, he's unique, isn't he? He is. Mm-hmm. So Lisa, ta- Lisa takes Neville to a, a compound where she's surprised, where he's surprised to find a bunch of uh, children mm. hiding out behind gun turrets. Yeah. And um, Dutch then arrives, and they tell Neville that they're familiar with his medical work. It's a good job they said medical work because if they just said we're familiar with your work, which work are they talking about? His projectionist work, yeah, his really food work. It. Yeah. Is that like, oh, you know him, he's a doctor, and they're like, no, we've got a shitload of films we want to watch. <laughs> no idea how to play him. But the only one he knows how to project is Woodstock, so unless yeah, they don't like, like that. Oh, no, no, I don't no. know how to do this. <laughs> Guess where he knows where all the real changes are. Right. So they go inside, and Dutch tells them that, uh, that they're all infected, but that the kids seem to um, hold it off better than most. Mm-hmm. And Lisa's brother, Richie, is in the in another room, but he's on the verge of turning. His face is, I mean, turning into a plague victim. He is, Not yeah. turning, yeah. No. His face is turned white, and he's her too. <clears throat> and uh, Neville suggests taking him to his place, and he tells them that, um, that he's actually immune due to the vaccine that he took when he crashed the helicopter. Right. His blood could save the world, he tells them. Right, that's modest. <laughs> when have you ever known him not to be that's true so we get another flashback of another stuntman fighting a family member as Neville tries to uh, test some of the vaccine on him doesn't he wait is the stuntman's family member no the stuntman is uh, Neville oh no you said the stuntman was fighting a family member I thought it was like a quarrel between stuntmen or something <laughs> Like a personal dispute had happened on set. Stunt family. Yeah. So back at the penthouse, Neville puts Rich in a room and shows Lisa around. So, uh, yeah, so he shows he shows Lisa around his, his little apartment and he pays special attention to the close-circuit close-ups of himself, doesn't he? He does, yeah, and points out that he's narcissistic. He does, he does. Yeah. And Neville's then treating Richie while Dutch says that he needs to head back to the compound because, you know, he doesn't want to leave the kids for too long. Oh, yeah, they might escape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, there's a weird... Now, is this a racist thing? There's a weird line here, isn't there? Go on. Because he says, I hate to leave the kids for too long. They get spooked. And then Lisa replies, hey, watch your mouth. Yeah, it is. I mean, he doesn't mean it that way, but she takes it that way, or at least she jokingly takes it that way. It's an odd thing to just drop in there, I thought. Yeah, it is. Particularly as he didn't mean it that way. No. You know. But I guess, I don't know. I mean, was Mm. she joking when she responded to him or was she serious? Well, she's kind of laughing as she says it, isn't she? So she's joking. Yeah, but it's still an odd thing to just drop in there, I think. Yeah. Mm. So one of the kids asks Neville, doesn't he, that uh, he says, are you God? That must have posed a difficult question for (laughs) Charlton Heston. (laughs) Some people would say. (laughs) Check out this physique. Yeah. It's kind of godlike. It is, you know? yeah. So then we, we get, like, you know, some montage shots of uh, Neville working on Richie, who's getting paler and paler. And outside, the family are creeping towards the house again. Mm-hmm. 
So then later, Neville's taking a break with Lisa, and uh, they move into the living room. And looking at the chessboard, Neville tells Caesar, your move. And Lisa replies, I just made my move. Yeah, cool, baby. Yeah, yeah. You wish you were that cool, don't you? I don't know what you mean. I am. <laughs> <laughs> my mistake. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so closing the doors on Matthias's chanting, Neville and Lisa talk. And um, I noticed at this point, don't you think? Charlie Heston's got a very toothy grin, hasn't he? Yeah, he always had. You know, just noticed that. Mm. Yeah, it's never really struck me before, but no. he's very toothsome. He was very he toothsome. was first choice to play the shark in Jaws. <laughs> Turned it down. Couldn't swim. <laughs> but neither could the actual shark. So you know. Yeah, well, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So um, they have a little bit of a kiss, don't they? <laughs> oh, so sweet. A little bit of a kiss. Yeah. Now, this was actually quite a big deal at the time because she, the actress was involved, was actually quite nervous about doing it, wasn't she? Apparently, apparently, because she saw Charlton Heston as, you know, this star. And she was she was well aware of the, 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 the racial thing as yeah, well, I think. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But um, they have a bit of a smoochy time when suddenly the lights go out. Mm-hmm. Oh, that Neville's... dog. The Neville, that dog. Oh, wait, no. I'm oh, sorry. I That's a good dog. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, you planned it all along, Neville. You had a move. No, he's, he's forgot to fuel up the generator. That old uh, excuse. That old one. Yep. Yeah, we've all done that, haven't we? We have, yeah. So he, he then, because the lift isn't working, because there's no power to it, he goes all diehard, doesn't he? He does, but... First, he throws a, a machine gun, and she says, what's this for? And he says, for comfort. <laughs> Which is a very uh, gun-toting it is. reaction. It is. That the only thing that can keep you comfortable is a gun. But also, at this point, this is one of the things I don't like about this film, is her character changes. When you meet her, she's this cocky, tough, knows-what-she-wants woman. But then after meeting him, she suddenly becomes this, oh, what shall I do? Because you'd expect her to, like, throw the gun to her and her to just take it, cock it, and know exactly what she's going to do with it. Because of how she's been acting yeah. so far. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that whole, like, oh, what do I do with this? Oh, you stick it up your nose and blow your ears out. What do you, what <laughs> you, you mean? You know. <laughs> what do you mean when you do with it? Do you not think there's that element that, you know, if you're going to get Charlton Heston to play the, your quote-unquote hero then and you and there's going to be there's only like one other female in the film there's only one female in the film at some point she has to go all weak need i guess but i just think it's a shame because it's it a, is. It's it a is. good character at first and then it just gets ruined yeah i i agree with you completely yeah so he um as neville's climbing up the uh, elevator shaft zachary uses a grappling hook to climb the wall of it does. the uh, yeah it's an amazing shot as well isn't it that's pretty good Mm-hmm. And um, we get some exciting shots of Neville working on his engine suddenly, don't we? <laughs> they are exciting. <laughs> yeah. And he gets the generator working; it kicks in, and all the lights come on outside, and all the all the you know dries back all the family. Mm-hmm. And he goes back up in the elevator, and uh, he's got there just in time because uh, Zachary's just creeping up behind Lisa and uh, Neville just blasts him doesn't he? <laughs> he does wastes no time at first though 
Lisa thinks he's going to shoot her for some reason. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. of course, realizes he's not. Yeah, and he explodes in a show of red paint and impales himself on the railings outside, doesn't That's he? That's right, yeah. Good shot. Hmm. It's not bad, but he's a good marksman. Well, you know, something to talk about down the pub later, isn't it? Um, if there was anyone to talk to, yeah. Well, there's probably a lot of dead bodies later on, isn't there? Oh, yeah, he just talks to anyone, you're right. Yeah, I mean, he was talking to dead car salesmen at the beginning of the movie. So That's I mean... true. That's true. So, uh, finally, Neville and Lisa have some uh, sexy time, don't they? Apparently, yeah. Neville admits to it, it's been so long, he can't remember how to do it. Well, we've all been there. So then we, we it's the morning, and we get some gratuitous nudity, don't we? Thankfully, it's not Charlton Heston. <laughs> That's right, yes. It's, it's the mm-hmm. lovely Lisa. Again, we're not allowed to say that. How can we not say, there we are, shut up. You're ruining it. <laughs> so Neville, Neville says that uh, Richie is now stable. The, the, the treatment's working. Mm-hmm. So Lisa decides to go shopping. Uh, yeah, that's right. And so Neville and, and Lisa are at a pharmacy. When Lisa jokes about needing birth control pills, it's a bit late now, isn't it? Well, He's already yeah, done the business. Can, you can get those after ones. Did they have those in the 70s? That I don't know. See, you're not just not putting the time in anymore. I didn't do the research. No, you're right. So walking through a hospital later, um, there's dead bodies everywhere decomposing. Yep, NHS, there you are. That's the state of things. Yep, waiting in the corridor. They're all in corridors. They are. And they find a derelict lab where Neville finds the samples that he needs to uh, help make more of the vaccine. That's right. All the bodies everywhere is quite a, kind of a, a nice creepy touch, I think. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That you see that there's that the, you know because the, they would be, wouldn't they? Just be laying around rotting in the streets and stuff. You know. Yeah. It's good. So Lisa helps Neville. I, I'm not saying that rotting bodies is good. I'm just saying. It sounded like you were to me. It did. It honest. did, didn't it? Yeah. I heard it back in my head. And like, I thought, oh, yeah. I love the days when there were rotting bodies in the streets. You don't get those well, anymore. I'm, I'm sure they'll come back soon. That's true. <laughs> Yeah, something to look forward to then, Paul, for you. Exactly, exactly. So Lisa helps Neville to uh, take some of his blood, and she asks him, will one bottle be enough? And he replies, it's genuine 160% proof old Anglo-Saxon, baby. Mm. All right. Yeah. A little suspect. It is a bit suspect. Imagine if it yours. It's like 160% proof... (laughs) No blood, just 160% proof alcohol. It's like Jesus. This will kill anything. It's so strong that as it, it as it hits the air, it just evaporates. Yeah, the the, the tops <laughs> of the bottles just ping off. It's like a head on top of it. There's an actual head, <laughs> a little foamy head on all the bottles. Yeah, you have to hold the syringe at an angle when you when you when That's you withdraw. That's right. The blood, <laughs> so it's, just, you know. it's just too much foam. I'm not an alcoholic. I didn't say you were. Saying. Although, you know, <clears throat> first, first rule of alcoholism is denial. But, eh. All right, I, no, no, I can't win then. No, exactly. Um, so anyway, synthesizing a serum. Mm-hmm. Neville tells Lisa that if it works, they can all get out of the city. And there's a weird conversation about T.S. Eliot. I'll tell you why T.S. Eliot's in it, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote The Wasteland. First verse is The Burial of the Dead. It's really clever, isn't it? 
Oh, you know, I guess. I guess they want to ruin it now. You just built it all up. Now you're just gonna piss all over it. Interestingly enough, first two is a game of chess. Oh. Yeah, which of course he plays. That's right. Yeah. You're making this movie so much better for yourself, aren't you? I am now. It's deeper, much deeper. I know you like it deep. You always do that, ruin it. Talking about T.S. Eliot in the Wasteland, and you're just like, ooh, big knobs. <laughs> it's what I'm here for. Yeah, it is. Well, not not a big knob, no. <laughs> Definitely not. I set them up, you knock it down, don't you? Well, Great. I say up. Oh, God. Go on. Get going. Come on. It's getting late. Right. Get on with it. Right. Richie's looking better. Yeah. Everything's going well. So Lisa says that she'll go out for supplies. Even though they've just been shopping. They have just been shopping, but she needs more. Okay. Neville is taking more blood. So Richie asks him if the serum would, would work for the people like Matthias, but uh, he's not having any of that, is he? No. Let them die, buggers. Let them die, yeah. Yeah. It's a bit, yeah. So Lisa's out shopping and up on the roof. Um, Richie asks again about, about the cure for the family, and Neville replies, the vermin. Yeah, he really hates them. He does. He doesn't like them at all, does he? But then again, they have been pestering him for two years. Well, he has been gunning them down. Yeah, but they've been firing their trebuchets at him. Yeah, but he's been driving around the city trying to kill them. Yeah, but, yeah. you've got to ask yourself who started it. Oh, I know who started it. <laughs> yeah, I think we all do, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> so Richie lets slip that he knows where the family are hiding out. That's right. Neville fights all his urges to go and just blast them, doesn't he? He does. While he's gently caressing the hell out of his favourite 50 caliber machine gun. Did you notice that? Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. So Richie tells Neville that, uh, that he scares him more than Matthias and, and the family. And Neville just laughs at him. He's blown him now. Neville's crazy. Mm. He's gone crazy. Yeah. At the compound, Neville feels... Uh, What's I'm up? just gonna say. I'm just gonna say it as a rabbit. All right. All right. Go on then. At, at the compound, Neville fills Dutch in oh. on the on. The... Yeah. Well, have you ever stayed at a Dutch inn? Uh, you know, funny enough, I've not. I've stayed at a Cornish inn. Oh, really? Didn't know they had oh. those. Dutch inns are nice. Okay, so yeah, so he fills Dutch in on the serum and how well Richie's doing. And at this point, I was thinking. This film's all over the place now. It's cutting backwards and forwards, and I've no idea of the timescale that's going on there. Yeah. So meanwhile, Richie, um, he he leaves Neville a note, and he goes for a walk. He does, yeah. He does. And Neville tells Dutch to uh, get the kids ready because they're, they're going to start again in the mountains. They're going to go up to the mountains and live like um, kings. Possibly. Or like a cult. Like a cult, probably, you know? So back at the house, Neville finds the note that Richie left him, and Richie's gone to talk to Matthias. So Richie arrives at the courthouse where the family are hiding, and he's instantly captured. He's an idiot, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he is, basically, yeah. yeah. No, I've got a clue, this kid. Not a clue, though. So. All that work that Neville's done, getting him right, and then what happens? Waste of time. Waste of time. So Neville, now in his uniform, for some reason, puts on his army uniform, doesn't he? He does that when he goes for killing. <laughs> it's his killing uniform. It's his killing, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And he gets loaded up and he's ready to go. He's drinking? <laughs> well, he is. He's been drinking oh. all the way through this movie, has he? All right. Yeah. So back in the courtroom, Richie explains about the serum. But Matthias, he's having none of it. No. Nope. Tonight, Neville, he might come out. I wouldn't bank on it, though, would you? No. So then Lisa's walking back with the shopping, and she runs into the family who are marching through the streets, when suddenly she removes her glasses and her scarf to reveal that she's now turned. Yeah, she'd become one of them during a shopping trip. Very fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would have liked some build-up to it, wouldn't you? I mean, I know what they're going for. They're going for a shock. Yeah, some, but... some hints here and there. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. mm, it would have been nice. Yeah, but, mm. nothing. Screenwriting 101, but there you go. No. Don't need that, do we? No. So at the courthouse, Neville finds Richie dead. Oh, my God, he shouts. It's a great delivery. You've gone and done it. You great it big dirty... Oh, sorry, no, wrong film. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a hers breath away from that, isn't it? A fur? Fur's breath away? Her's breath. Yeah, because apes have fur. Oh, oh yeah, right. Yeah, see. see what I did? I did see what you did. Yeah, yes. you, just, you just wish you hadn't. <laughs> <laughs> so then the music kicks in and Neville, he plows into a truck, doesn't he? He does, yeah, his driving's still atrocious. It is, it is. And uh, a fight breaks out. Now, it's not the best action sequence. It's not the most dynamic action sequence, is it? He no. just kind of, like, guns down a few people that are standing there, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah and blows good. up a car. So Neville gets back home where he finds Lisa, now all robed up. She's got her own. Oh, yeah, she has, yeah. Special yeah. delivery. Yeah. They, they took her measurements while, uh, while, while he was out. Yeah. And Matthias and the family reveal themselves. They've, they've infiltrated they his... <laughs> yeah, them robes. Well, hey. <laughs> That's why they've been wearing them, so they can just quickly disrobe. Wow. You don't know what they've got on under there, do you? Probably nothing. nothing. Absolutely nothing. Ooh, can you imagine the sores? Mm, especially oh. from those robes. Yeah, chafing. Oh, shocking. It's a monk's habit, it's it's a bit rough on the inside. That's the point of it, isn't it? That's, yeah, that's right, yeah. Flagellation. That's what they do, isn't it? Oh, I just got... Uh, what? I, sorry, I just got Roy Castle in my head singing flagellation. <laughs> oh, I'll never, I'll never look at it the same way again. What, what are the lyrics to that song? Flagellation. Flagellation. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to be a record breaker... All you need is flagellation. No, you need flagellation. <laughs> yeah, that's what he, that's why it went, right? That's it, yeah. And then there's a bit of trumping. Yeah, a bit of trumping and then a uh, bit of flagellation. Mm, so it's like a good night? Kind of does, yeah. So <laughs> they hold, they get Neville, don't they? Hold him down and they give him a good kick in. They do, yeah. Yep. And they smash his place up as well, don't they? Smashing his favourite TV as well. That's the big a big one. That's a little harsh. It is. Matthias starts preaching again. Yeah. And Neville suddenly breaks free, holding a knife to Matthias's throat. Mm -hmm. He drags Lisa out to the to the garage and opens the door. Why doesn't she fight back, considering she's turned? I don't think she's fully turned. I think she's indecisive because she still loves him. Ah, she's on the cusp. Yes, yeah, she's on the cusp, exactly. She's on the cusp. Yeah. 
So Matthias appears on the balcony, calling for Lisa, who moves towards him slowly. And Neville's gun jams as he tries to shoot. And he tosses it aside with a dam. But that's stuck in his craw, isn't it? His gun didn't work anymore. Yeah, right. After all this, at the end of the day, the gun's failing. See? Oh, let's not do politics. Yeah, let's not. So Matthias then (laughs) picks up a spear that he finds at his feet. And he Mm. throws it, hitting Neville right in the heart. Yeah. He collapses into a fountain, pumping out red paint everywhere, doesn't he? Yeah, it's lovely. It's a cracking shot. Yeah, it's very good. It's a good aim, yeah. And Lisa tells Neville that he's evil. And then she collapses. Mm. So she's not doing well, is she? Nope. So then we, we cut to a truck, and it's daytime now. And Dutch and the kids find Neville still clinging to life. So we never actually find out... Nothing happens to Matthias, does it? I guess not, really, because he gets away. Mm. He's he gets survived. away. Yeah. But the hero always lives, so maybe, you know. Very good, very good. So Dutch finds Neville. Dutch and the kids find Neville. He's still clinging to life in the fountain, and um, he passes the serum that he's managed to somehow keep secreted on his person. Right, that's right. The spear and falling in the fountain and being beaten up and running mm-hmm. and jumping didn't break the glass. Didn't fire. break the book. Mm-hmm. But then they so did you... survive a, pl- a helicopter crash as well with the other syringes. So glass in this world is very strong. It is. It's it's, it's futuristic 1977 glass. Ah, it is. my favorite kind. Yes. So he hands, he say, hangs the he hangs. He hands the um the the serum over to Dutch. And um, Dutch then picks up Lisa and puts her in the truck. Neville collapses back into the fountain, dead. Yeah, crucified. Crucified, because we get a shot of him laying, and his arms are outstretched, aren't they, and laying in his own blood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dutch looks at the kids and then tells them, we've got a long way to go. They climb back into the truck, and we end on, as we say, Neville laying in Christ-like, dead in the fountain. Yeah. And that's the end of the Omega Man. Yeah. What a downer. It is. Now, there was a scene cut out of the film where Lisa kind of realizes that she's pregnant and she goes to a graveyard and she sees one of the family putting her dead baby into the ground and it freaks her out. That was cut from the film. So the implication is that because she's turned, when you turn, if you get pregnant, your baby just dies. Yeah. I see why they cut that. Yeah, it's not bad enough that you've just watched Charlton Heston die. That's true, yeah. Mm. So, final thoughts on the Omega Man, Colin? Am I going first? Yeah, you can go first this time. I have a weird relationship with this film in that sometimes I really enjoy it and sometimes I find it boring. So, this film is very much affected by the mood that I'm in at the time that I'm watching it. Okay. The Blu-ray, by the way, looks very nice. Mm-hmm. lovely colours, like it um, it's a film of two halves I really like the first half when he's alone mm-hmm. I think Lisa's character is amazing when she appears but then is really wasted after that they ruin it and I'm not so keen on the second half and it gets worse as it goes on for me Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I said for me, who else am I talking for <laughs> you got a bit schizo on this <laughs> yeah so what do you think, Colin? Well, I think... No, you do, As long as you don't start arguing with yourself. 
Well, you're just an idiot because basically, yeah. So, so there are certain issues with the politics of it all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it sends an odd message that I'm not too sure is good, really. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but I still, yeah, I I like it. I don't think it's a hit though. I don't. I think it's so close to being a hit. It's really close for me. Mm-hmm. But it's just got something missing from it. Interesting. I think the action sequences are a little weak too. Well, it's funny because everything that you just said, I'd probably agree with you. Um, I don't think it's a movie that's aged well. No. I think that the language, the politics, as you say, it's all a bit cringeworthy at times, isn't it? Yeah. You kind of like go, did you really just do that? And the makeup effects, they kind of look a bit silly, don't they? Yeah, they do. Yeah. I agree with what you say about, you know, it is a film of two halves. It starts really well, but then it, it does become a bit of a mess as it goes along. Mm-hmm. Um, but Charlton Heston, he's always a watchable actor, I think. Yeah, he is. I don't have a... I, even though, you know, as a person, I probably wouldn't... We wouldn't go down to the pub and have a fun time, but as an actor... I appreciate what he does. Yeah, I would imagine that that, that we're about as far removed from his sensibilities as uh, yeah. a duck is to um, to a swan. Yeah, that was, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> that was, who's meant, who's you know. the duck in this? <laughs> is he the duck? Are we the duck? He's the swan. How does analogy work, Paul? Well, obviously, Charlton Heston's the swan. Oh, of course, right? Yeah, because they yeah. like getting their chest out. Yeah, and they're all sinewy, aren't they? A lot ah, of neck. A lot of neck, yeah, good. Right, got it. Works now. Yeah. But you but, still like um, him as an actor, though. I like him as an actor. I've always yeah. liked Charlton Heston as an actor, and particularly these kind of roles where, he, you know, the camera's on him all the time, and he, he you know, he he plays these things kind of very well. I mean, it's very similar, as we said, to, to his role in Planet of the Apes, where a lot of the time in that, he's, he's acting to nothing, to himself. Yeah. You know, talking to himself. Yeah. It is a bit of a mess. But I do kind of always enjoy it. Um, so I'm kind of like you. I'm, I'm kind of in between it being a yes and a no. So what, what I would say is I think it's a soft yes for me. Oh, a, a flaccid yes. Yes, it's a, it's a bit of a flaccid yes, I Ooh, think. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I didn't know we could do flaccid yeses. I wasn't aware of those rules. Those are new. Um, it's a new category. Yeah. We can have a flaccid yes. Or a hard do, yes. Do, do, do you want to change to a flaccid yes? I think I do. I think I'm going that way. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be the age. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's a flaccid yes, then. Well, so there we go. We get a, two flaccid yeses. <laughs> well, more good a person the Omega Man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Out, of, lot, really. out of interest um, quickly because I usually like to end that bit on those points um, out of the three I guess the science fiction films Silent Green, Planet of the Apes and this one I mm-hmm. personally would put both those two higher than this one um, I think I'd put obviously I'd put Apes top Oh, but it's going to be a bit contentious about the next one then I think I'd probably put a Mega Man above Silent Green, purely because I find Silent Green a little bit dull. 
Oh. It's a good idea. It's it's got a good central idea, but I find it a bit dull. It's got Edward G. Robinson in his last role. I know it does, but I just think it's a bit of a dull movie. Now we got a, um, just a little bit of business to take care of, haven't we? Oh yeah, but first, Benedictine. I bet he did. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you'll all be saying it tomorrow. Every, it'll be everywhere. It'll everywhere. be everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. In the streets, you know, all the all the all the youngsters. T-shirts. Benedictine, yeah. Betty did. <laughs> Make any <Yeah>. sense? <laughs> <laughs> uh, go on. Well, what's the bit of business? Well, we've had, we've had an email, haven't we? By Jove. We we? Have <laughs> yes, we have. Wow. How uh, we've had a, we've had an email from Chris. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't say where he's from, but That's, um, most I'm... most of our listeners are in witness protection anyway, so it's probably a good thing. <laughs> Well, he starts he starts the email by saying that you know, you guys you're hilarious. Yeah, don't don't read all the the, the, the great stuff because that just makes us sound like you know. Yeah, but we don't we don't get any compliments. So that is, okay, I'm, yeah, I'm just right. letting us have one. That's true. We're right, we'll, we'll do one. We're okay, okay. I mean, obviously, it's to me anyway. He just <laughs> he just he just accidentally pluralized guys. <laughs> Is that what it is? Yeah, he slept on the SK. Didn't know what he was doing. It's all right. Well, he, he says that you know he likes to listen to us at work. Mm-hmm. And um, wait, wait, he's... wait. He listens to podcasts while he's at work. I mean, yeah. who's his, let's let's find out who his supervisor is. That's shocking. He gets away with that. What do you do while you're at work? As little as possible. But that's besides the point. <laughs> I work hard and loyally. Do you... Loyally, for my, wow! For my overlords, your overlords. <laughs> yeah, that's what the Nazis said, you know. I, I am following orders. <laughs> so, so Chris goes on and he says that um, you know he, he he'd like to suggest uh, a movie for us to do Ooh, at some point in the future. Okay. And he, his suggestion is Logan's Run. Oh, that's a good choice. I think it is, yeah. I think that's right up our alley, as it were. Yeah. But then he he gives us more in the email. Really? Yes, he does. He says, um, who do you think would be more like Logan and who would be more like Francis in your friendship? Is Paul more like Francis and Colin like Logan? That's my take anyway. Well, now, Logan's a hero, right? Yes. Oh well, so yes. yeah, it makes sense. Perfect sense, of course. Why am I? Why? Why? Why am I the bad guy? I don't get. Do is that the vibe I give off? Paul, you're lucky you mentioned it all. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll take it. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I think it's because I'm always trying to keep you on the straight and narrow. How's that going for you? It's, it's a hopeless task. <laughs> Thankless task, as I think is the, the word you're looking for. No, no, it's hopeless too. <laughs> well, that's uh, yeah. no, that, to cheer you we, up. we will do that film. I, I think that's a good choice. That that's a nice one. Yes, it will. And we've got some um, coming up. We're going to be doing some some uh, listener choices that we've had. We're, we we're going to be doing Under Siege in the next uh, few episodes, aren't we? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. oh. You're big. You're big uh, Steam Seagal fan, are you? Um, 
No. He's a bit contentious these days, you know. I know. We've got to quick. Let's let's knock that one out quickly before it all goes horribly wrong for him. Uh, uh, you know, we should if we're going to do a Steven Seagal film, we should at some point do On Deadly Ground. Let's just to sink as low as we can. Well, that's got that's got, that's the one with Michael Caine, isn't it? Yeah. Oh yes, 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 yes. Isn't that the one that he said that he just literally took the money and, yes. and ran? Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Chen's in it too. Oh, I knew there had to be some kind of uh, <laughs> ulterior motive going on. But yeah, we'll, we'll definitely do Logan's Run in the future, won't we? Absolutely. And thank you very much for the email. It's uh, it's nice that someone, one person, is enjoying the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. They're doing very well at the moment, actually. Even though it's affecting his work output. Well, bear in mind, we don't know what what Chris does for a living. So could be a fighter pilot. He could be. Do you imagine he's listening to us while he's uh, defending, flying his, flying, yeah, defending, yeah. flying, yeah, whatever. God help us. Yeah. Mm. I'm sure he's good at his job. Well, let's hope so. <laughs> well, it depends. His job could be burglar. Then maybe we should be hoping he's not so good. I don't know. It's so confusing. Well, as I said, if he is a burglar, then I get the feeling that he's in your neck of the woods and not mine. So. I, I'm always home. You're always home. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, that's it for this episode of Retrospection. If you'd like to get in touch with us, no much thanks. like Chris did. Oh, oh no, you are. Oh, sorry. Yeah. It's yeah. bad enough. I have to talk to you every three weeks. You don't know, email me as well. Um, yeah, if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can reach us at retrospection at email.com. Is that right? Yeah. Did you forget it? I did. I, I did. <laughs> My mind went blank for a second. Retrospection at email.com. Or you can reach us on Twitter at retrospecky. And we're on Facebook. And we've also got a, a Spotify playlist that you can listen to a lot of the songs and music from the films and tv shows that we've covered and uh yeah so email us because we we like you reading your emails don't we yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we, do. we do we do we do so until next time oh we oh, have to talk about what yeah. we're doing next time yeah. aren't we? what are we doing next time colin we are doing quantum leap Yes, we haven't done a TV show for a while, have we? No, no. So we're going to be looking at the pilot episode and the final episode and then discussing quickly what happened in between those two points. Mm-hmm. It's a long time since I've seen Quantum Leap, so it should be interesting. Me too. And I, I've got the box set and I don't think I've taken the cellophane off it for about three years. So join us next time for that. And until then, bye. 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 bye.